We're closer to the greatest event that this world's ever known. He's coming when Christ shall return again to claim his own. He's coming, my Lord is coming. He will set from his throne on high in the twinkling of an eye with a shout that will bring you all the born again. My Lord is coming. And when he comes, he'll not be alone. Who've already gone there coming And the power that raised Christ that day Will enter into the grave He's coming My Lord is coming And the dead in Christ in his word to watch and pray then we'll not be ashamed at his coming some will not be prepared don't let him catch you unaware at his coming my lord is coming conflicts down through the few years, COVID, and then I film broke my hip, and Lord, what pain I had. I think when he called me about that, I was about to die, I thought. <laughs> they tell me that a kidney stone's the worst pain you can have. Anybody here ever had a kidney stone? How many enjoyed it? But I'll tell you, that day I fell in my garage, stumbled on a little brick bat, and fell on this left hip, or broke that femur bone, slapped in two. I mean, it's laying there just like that. I'd have chose the kidney stone right at that time. But the Lord brought us through it, and I thank Him for all of His blessings. He's blessed us with. I thank God for this opportunity. I have to come this way now. 
tonight. I believe Brother Don Ball was pastor here when I preached here one time. Anybody remember that? Well, some hands went up. But I, I appreciate the, the church, appreciate your pastor, and I pray God will bless him as he pastors this church. I've said down through the years that if I live to be 100, I want to still be preaching the Word of God. Amen. So a while back, I said, now that I got but 15 years ago. <laughs> But that's something to look forward to. I thank God for the opportunity to be here. And I thank God when he called me. Uh, I run for about a year and finally surrendered in 1959, the third Sunday in August 1959. And just uh, enjoyed my 64th anniversary of preaching the Word of God. And 57 years of that pastoring. And that's enough to kill most people right there. <laughs> One preacher went to town one day and somebody walked up to him and said, are you sick? He said, no, I just pastor a Baptist church. <laughs> but I, I've enjoyed the trip. I thank the Lord for all these years. And uh, I told Brother Brian the other day, I'm glad that God kept me able to take me and my wife to the doctor <laughs> and go get her medicine and keep up with that medicine. I tell you, it's a job keep up with all that medicine. It's best for me and her both, you know. And uh, just uh, three years ago, I wasn't on hardly anything. And now and then, I take a handful of the morning and a half handful of the evening. Don't know what it's all for or about, but I guess it's doing all right. <laughs> but I thank the Lord for His grace, yes, sir. His love, and I thank Him for the Word of God. Yep. What a blessing it is that God gave us such a book as we have to preach from. Amen. And I thank God for the Word of God. In your Bibles now tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke. Uh, for just a few verses here from the Word of God. I believe I could go home now and say in my heart, I have worshipped the Lord. But I want to talk about, about four people in this uh, book of Luke here that really worshipped God. Now, it means something to worship God. I don't believe in this uh, modern day, what they call praise and worship, where you have to practice two or three nights to jump like a monkey on Sunday and right. all that kind of thing. But I believe in that real thing. Amen. Amen. When the Spirit of God moves on your heart and you, you testify because you can't help it, you shout it because you can't help it. And I remember a time when I started preaching in 1959, I'd do revivals. And sometimes I'd be preaching the Word of God and they'd sh just about shout me down. I mean, and I'd just stop and let them shout a while, take off again, amen. If they had time, I had time. <laughs> and, and so what a good uh, life we've had. My wife wanted to come so bad, but she had a cancer, skin cancer removed, and she wasn't able to come tonight. But she said, tell that one people I know I love them. And she loves, if, 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 if she don't know, she loves you anyway. But what a, what a great wife the Lord gave me. We talk about that sometimes still yet. Now, I remember when I was at Liberty, Ora Whitaker, yeah, Ora got about 95 years old and she couldn't hear good. And so I got up there one day, I was bragging on my wife, how good, well, I said, what a good wife. I said, I was the best thing ever happened to her. 
or she's, when you can't hear good, you talk loud, you know. <laughs> and she, she said, she is the best thing ever happened to you. <laughs> Jenny and Kevin might have been there, that, that service. But I appreciate the opportunities we've had to preach the Word of God. And I'll call her Miss America. We went up to Pleasant Grove Baptist Church uh, two or three years ago, and I preached up on Sunday morning and Sunday night. And I called her Miss America on the morning, in, the, in the morning service, and coming back home, she said, Marvin, I wish you wouldn't do that no more. I said, okay, Betty, if you don't want me to, I'll, if it's embarrassing you, I won't. And uh, So I've learned a long time ago, get along real good. You've got to get along, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, not that I'm henpecked or nothing like that now. Amen. <laughs> but I uh, went back on that night service. This man and his wife met us in the foyer out there, and he took me by the hand, and his wife hugged my wife's neck, and they had tears coming out of their eyes, and he said, I never had recognized my wife as anything much, but when you called your wife, Miss America, God convicted my heart. God gave me a wife, and, uh, and he, he said, it's changed our home. We went home. I got right with God. It's changed our family, our home life. And coming back down the road, Betty said, just keep on doing it. <laughs> Okay, in your Bibles now, in Luke chapter 1, let us stand now for the reading of the Word of God now tonight. Now, the first man I want us to look at is Zacharias. He was uh, one of the priests of that time, offered incense, a great man of God, loved God, a good man, his wife Elizabeth. So that's the two that I want to speak of. And, uh, and when you read here and think about uh, in verse 18, And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and I am set to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not be able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, uh, which shall be fulfilled in their season. So now there is Zacharias. Now that don't look like too much of somebody going to worship God, does it? Going to be dumb for nine months. No, now, just think on that now just a minute. And then we come on down to the Virgin Mary. When the angel Gabriel came to her and Lord, she's going to bear a son. His name will be called Jesus. And thrown down the line, the Holy Ghost going to overshadow her, and she'd conceive and bear a son. And I still believe in the virgin birth. How about you? Amen. And in fact, I believe all saved people do <laughs> believe in the virgin birth. And verse thirty-eight, and Mary said, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be unto the, me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now then, look in verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now how's that? 
Now let's Baptist, we can say Holy Spirit if you want. Same person. Amen. Amen. Now when I when I read this and I thought about now, and she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is he is she that believe, for these shall be a, for there shall be a performance of these things which were told her from the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have, Lord, to preach thy word. Now again, this side of eternity. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this choir that sung so wonderfully. Thank you for this pastor, this church. We pray thy blessing be upon them. And Lord, I pray now that you'd help us now tonight as we stand here before this people. I can't do it by myself. But I'm glad you said you'd go with, with me all the way into the end of the world. And I thank you for that. Lead us now, Lord. Direct us. Help us to worship you now tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now I talked about the real worship. And I was studying this scripture uh, about six months ago, and my mind was on that thing of worshiping God, honoring Him, and adoring His great name. So when I read about Zacharias here, I thought about what a great man he was. And no doubt he had prayed before. In fact, he had prayed this time, and God had heard his prayer. And I don't know, I kind of think he might have been praying for a, a man child, a baby. Me and my wife got married in 1958, and 1963, my first boy was born. And she thought he's going to never come along. We prayed for a little boy, and I prayed that God give me a little boy to follow me everywhere I went. And when he got about 10 or 12 years old, I said, Lord, would ease up a little bit on that? <laughs> <laughs> but what a blessing it is now to think about our children that God gives us. And God gives us our children for a reason. Nearly 13 years later, God gave us another son whose name was Jonathan, Tim and Jonathan, Timothy Dean and Jonathan Dale Blackburn. And what a blessing they've been in our life. We prayed for them, and when uh, Tim was born, we brought him home and, uh, from the hospital and laid him there in the middle of the bed and got on our knees at our bed, Brother Kevin, and dedicate him to God. We didn't go through a big ritual in the church, just there beside of our bed. And I said, now Lord, you help us to live right before him. And when he gets old enough to age of accountability, I want you to save him by the grace of God. And I'll tell you, then nearly 13 years later, Pison, then here come along Jonathan, and we had ours close together for a reason, I reckon. But we brought him home and laid him in the same bed, about the same place, and we bowed the same place on our knees and dedicated him to God. But I was telling this story one time, Brother Kevin, at a church where I was preaching revival, and I told about how we laid Tim there in the middle of the bed and bowed down on our knees and dedicated him to God. Then I said, uh, nearly 13 years later, Jonathan was born, and we brought him home, and, and I misspoke, and I said, laid him over in the middle of the floor and got there and dedicated him. I didn't recognize I'd said it the wrong way, you know. 
But going home, Jonathan had tears in his eyes. I said, Dad, you must love Tim better than you love me. I said, why is that, Jonathan? He said, because you laid him in the middle of the bed, laid me in the middle of the floor. But we had prayed for those boys. And God gave us two great boys. And I thank God for them every day. But now Zacharias, when uh, no doubt he had prayed for this, and sometimes we pray for things if God wants to do it right, then it scares us to death. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, not all the time, but sometimes. And so here, uh, Zacharias said to the angel Gabriel, now how am I going to know that this thing is going to happen? Now you know what that did? That put some doubt in the thing that God told him about. Now you can't worship God with doubt. Amen. I believe to worship God, we've got to believe that God is, and that God is rewarded of them that digitally seek after Him. So when I think about uh, Zacharias now, and God telling him now, the angel Gabriel said now, uh, since you've not believed this story, then you're not going to speak for nine months till this thing's performed. You're not going to... Now, I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of folks in the church, I feel like this kind of like them dumb Christians. <laughs> now, Zechariah wasn't a crazy person. He just couldn't talk for nine months. There's a lot of people, no doubt, sitting right here that's not, you're not crazy. I mean, you'd pay all kinds of tests better than President Biden could. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, I don't guess. But uh, anyhow, uh, when, when it comes to worshiping God, we would... Oh, we don't want to disturb nobody. But I want to tell you something. I'm glad, thank God, that God's got a way of helping us to worship Him. I thank God for all the times down through the years that I've worshiped God. The night that I got saved, I was 17 years old, 1956. The preacher preached on the cross, an old-fashioned preacher preached on the cross. There I was sitting back there on that back pew of that uh, old Ron the Baptist tabernacle. The Holy Spirit showed me how dirty and filthy and lost I was. I thought I was a pretty good boy because I didn't smoke and didn't deal and didn't chew and didn't uh, cuss and didn't gamble and do all that kind of thing. But I'll tell you, when the Word of God is preached and when the Holy Ghost shows you you're lost, He shows you how sinful and dirty and undone all those secret things comes to the top, and God showed me I needed a Savior. And back in those days, if they thought you were a conviction, a, a conviction, there'd be about five or six or eight people come back there and try to drag you down to the altar. I think we still might ought to invite something. I never have believed in that dragging folks. I mean, I helped on that pew. My handprint was in that pew. And uh, I mean, I thought there's a little drag me pew and all down there. But when they quit fooling that old country boy, the only way I could look was down that aisle at what they called the mourner's bench back then. And I finally made my way to the old-fashioned mourner's bench, bowed on my knees there in the presence of God. Didn't know what it was to worship God because I didn't know him. But the preacher said, young folks, Jesus died for you on that cross. 
I bowed there in that altar and nobody seemed to know what to tell me. But this old lady, of course she wasn't as old then as I am now, she come down where I was and laid her trembling hand on top of my head. And she said, young man, what you got to do is trust the Lord with all your heart. That's what I needed to hear. When she walked on around, I'm going to think of that, trusting him with all my heart. I'd, I'd almost confessed. In fact, I'd confessed every sin I'd ever thought about. All them tales I told my mama wasn't true. I said, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> and I'd done everything I know that I almost said I'd quit eating chicken. Well, I'm glad I didn't do that. I'll tell you this story about Brother Don Ball when he, they built that new church at thanks to Calvary. He called me and said, Brother Mark, I want you to preach the first revival in that church. I said, Don, I'll be glad to. Well, on the second night, I got talking about how all Baptist preachers love chicken. And I made this statement. I said, a, a preacher don't like chicken. I doubt his calling. And just as I said, I remembered Brother Don didn't like chicken. Amen. <laughs> But I'm glad on my knees that night, I finally, in my heart, I said, Lord Jesus, if I go to hell, I'm going to go there trusting you. I believe you died for me on that cross. Amen. I believe you was buried and was raised again from the dead. And if I go to hell, I'll go there trusting you with all my heart. And I'll tell you, I started to stand up, but halfway up to my feet, I'm glad, thank God, I began to worship. Amen. Glory to his Amen. name. Amen. Thank you. Do you feel anything? I mean, I, I just felt a breeze from another country. Amen. You might say, Preacher, what did you do? I began to worship. Some people worship different. Some will stand and cry. I think that's what Kevin did. But I jumped up and down. And I feel like it right now, inwardly. But outwardly, I better not try. I don't want that other hip broke. Amen. <laughs> Shout to down. Yeah. Worship God. Yeah. Found out, Brother Brown, what it meant to worship God. Yeah. Honor his great name. Worship him. So when I looked at this scripture, now I saw Murray here now. Uh, Zechariah had to be dumb for nine months because he didn't believe what God said. And she said, even though I've not known a man, be it unto thy handmaiden as thou hast said. And I'll tell you, she was obedient to God. Yeah. Now to worship God, I think we've got to be obedient unto God. Now do what the Bible, now, I, I know we all come short of a lot of these things. But you can't beat your wife up and her have to wear sunglasses to church to hide black eyes and go to church and worship. That's right. <laughs> now how... The, this pastor one time at Rhonda, he uh, come to church on Sunday, one Sunday, and his wife had these real Elvis Presley dark sunglasses on. And uh, somebody's wondering what happened to her. And somebody couldn't get their eyes off of that preacher's wife. And she lifted them glasses just a little bit, and, she, and that person saw she had a black eye on this side and a black eye on that side. And the preacher got up there and tried to shout and jump up and down and preach. And she said, this person said, I don't believe he had nothing to shout about. 
Now, to be obedient, Mary, I tell you, was obedient unto the voice of the angel of God, and she conceived that the, the Son of God. And let me say again now tonight, I thank God for the virgin-born Son of God. Born just like Isaiah prophesied 714 years before that he'd be born. I thank God for the virgin birth of the Son of God. Now let's look at somebody else here now. Now when, when Mary visited Elizabeth in her sixth month and walked in there and spoke to her, I tell you, John the Baptist worshipped. <laughs> Elizabeth worshipped. Amen. I'm glad, thank God, she worshipped God. Because when I tell you, Mary spoke, the babe leaped in her womb for joy. I want to tell you something. I thank God for our salvation. It's so real. If you come in contact with you, you'll shout it before you're born. <laughs> A lot of these folks talk about their... <laughs> Boy, I've been saved, and I've been sanctified, and I've been baptized with heaven's Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. And they'll beat their grocery bill. They'll beat the mechanic out of what, he owes, what they owe them. But I believe, thank God, when you're saved by the grace of God, and God brings you into fellowship with him, and you began to worship God. I believe right then, thank God, amen, the Holy Ghost moved on the inside of me when I got born again. I went to this church when I first got saved. I, anywhere there's revival, I would go. So I went to one of my friends' church, went with him to church, and it was one of those kind, you know. And so my friend, I, I thought he was already saved, but he went to the altar. An invitation time. So here I go to the altar and bow down beside him to pray for him. And here comes the pastor and bows down beside me and said, Young man, what are you seeking? And I said, I don't reckon I'm looking for nothing down here. Amen. <laughs> he said, I figured you were seeking the Holy Ghost. I said, Well, I don't think he's ever been lost, has he? <laughs> I hadn't been saved about three months at that time. So I told him my, I gave him my testimony of what, what I how God saved me by the grace of God. And what God did for me. That, and I said, if that wasn't the Holy Ghost, then uh, what was it? Or who was it? He said, oh, now, son, that was the Holy Spirit. And I said, there ain't no difference. <laughs> and I still say that. They ain't, you can't put four in the Godhead. It'd be so. But I'm glad, thank God, when he saved me by his grace, I began to worship him. So Elizabeth now filled with the Holy Ghost and she worshiped God and began to prophesy. And I praise the name of the Lord now for people that really worships God. And Mary, now look, now Mary worshiped God before the Lord was born. My soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Amen. Don't that mean a lot? I could leave right now say it in my heart, Brother Brian, that I, I worship God. I want, to, I want to magnify Him tonight. I don't want to magnify me because I'm nothing. Amen. And the older I get in the work of the Lord, the more I find that I've done nothing, but God has done it all for me. 
I think sometimes about the Lord calling folks into the harvest. A lot of times us preachers will use that kind of out of context. Make it look like it. you need to run out here and do a lot of things, you know. Ain't nothing wrong with it, but. But you know, I farmed all my life. <laughs> and uh, planting the seed and God sending the rain to water and we've got the chicken litter and the fertilizer on that stuff and it grows up. And, but you know what the harvest is? is the very last thing that happens. God has let me enjoy the harvest a lot of times. At Liberty Church, 128 people I baptized in the Liberty Church while I was there. Jenny's grandmother, they called, in fact, her mother called one day and said that her grandmother wanted to get saved. Will you and Betty come down and, and, and help her with that problem? I said, we'll be right down. So we got ready, and here we went. Got down there and knocked on the door and Mrs. Whitter, she came to the door and she looked out and saw me and big tears in her eyes with a smile on her face and I went in the house. And she said, uh, I said, I understand you want to be safe. She said, Marvin, I've got to do something. I can't live no longer like this. I said, would you get your Bible and let me read to you out of the, your Bible, the plan of salvation? She jumped up and she was up in her 80s, wasn't she, Jenny, at that time? Got her Bible and I turned and took her down the Romans Road and John 3, 16 and John 17. And, and uh, I said, now you understand what you got to do to be saved? She said, I need to confess him as my Savior. I need to receive him by faith. Repent of my sins. We bowed down to her couch and I prayed for Betty on one side, me on the other side. When I got through, I looked around. She had a big smile on her face. You know what happened? She started to worship. But what God did for me at that very moment was let me enjoy what he did. Amen. Amen. Now when I think about these things, and I think about what, uh, what mercy my soul doth magnify the Lord. That means we make him look bigger, not smaller. The modern day church wants him to look smaller, look like some other man. But I'm glad, thank God, he is the God-man. Thank God he was the one that St. John chapter 1 says made all things. All things were made by him. Without him, not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So I'm glad God has helped me down through the years. And I look back on those things. And one night me and Betty got talking about the folks we had saw saved in our lifetime. And I would to God we'd come back to the old-fashioned worship and old-fashioned preaching, praying and shouting and singing to where there'd be some Holy Ghost drawing and conviction Amen. in our churches again. Amen. I've had folks to come out to the church and couldn't go home. And I've had them go nearly home and come back to the church to get saved. God, let me enjoy the harvest. Amen. Amen. My soul doth magnify the Lord, mercy. My soul, if you could see on the inside this little country preacher tonight, thank God. Amen. You can see some blood there. 
My loving Savior, thank God that I applied that blood to my heart and said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I used to go to bed and have nightmares before I was saved, afraid that the Lord would come or I'd die before I woke up and have to go to hell. But I've not had another nightmare like that since I've been born again. Glory to his name. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. How's that sound? Amen. Make that devil mad tonight. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit doth rejoice in God my Savior. Now let's come back to Zacharias now. Here he was. John the Baptist has been born. So here come all the kindred in and wanting to name the little fellow. They want to name him Zacharias Jr. <laughs> well, the mama done told him his name is John. And so they handed Zacharias a writing tablet. And he wrote down his name. His name is John. There's a man sent from God whose name was John. Amen. And I'll tell you about that time God loosed his tongue. And for nine months he hadn't been able to worship. Now then he began to prophesy and to worship the true and the living God. Amen. I'm glad, thank God, that Zacharias uh, did finally worship God. And I say, Lord, help me every time I rise in the morning to worship you. First thing I'll try to do after eating my breakfast. Now, I wake up, uh, I don't know why it is, but I wake up hungry (laughs) and wanting to talk. My wife neither wants to talk or neither is she hungry. She'll say, Marvin, just don't talk. And don't tell me you're hungry. I said, Betty, I'm starving, Marvin. (laughs) So I'll get me some breakfast. And then while I'll tell you she's eating her breakfast, what little bit she eats. Of course, she stayed pretty good weight. When we married, she weighed 110 pounds. She weighs about 108 now. She's done pretty good. Well, I weighed so much, and now I weigh so much. <laughs> Somebody says gland trouble. Yeah, that in your elbow. You know <laughs> but the next thing I do, I go in my room where I study, and I take the Word of God. I started reading through it, and I got down to Isaiah now. And what a blessing it is to study the Word of God. And I try to read two chapters every morning. And then when I close that old book, I'll look down and see a few tear stains on it where I wept over it. And I'll just worship God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for saving me by the, by the grace of God. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, thank you right now because I know where you are. You're seated at the right hand of the Amen. throne of God. Now that'll bring us in an atmosphere of worship. When we see him where he is and how he is and what he is. The greatest thing we can do as a child of God, I tell you, is to live for God and worship God and let the world know, I tell you, that we're a child of the king. I tell you, I'm glad Zachariah 
worshiped God and prophesied. Are you glad you can worship? This has been a great time for me. Just come out. I, I sat there and heard that singing. I thought, my Lord. It feels like I've just got to heaven, sat down here not helping them, you know. But I sat there, Kevin, I worshiped God. When I looked around and saw some of these people I knew. And in my heart, I'll tell you again to magnify the Lord. I don't think I'd ever preached this scripture just like this before. But God knew you needed it. <laughs> You see, when you uh, program it and use that artificial intelligence, and I'm afraid that stuff's moving into the church nowadays. I don't like to see a preacher take an iPad to a pulpit. Take the Word of God. All that stuff will get you messed up. We went on a trip to Pennsylvania several years ago after I went to Flint Hill Church. One of the men in that, or deacons in that church wanted to pay our way to Amish country. On our way up there, the man on the bus, he said, uh, on a, I got a few Bible questions I want to ask you all. And uh, if you can answer, just raise your hand. Well, the first one he asked, this man raised his hand real quick. I didn't have time to do anything. He just raised his hand up. But he had his little laptop computer there. And so the man said, well, what's your answer then, brother, to that question? He gave him the answer. He looked at me and said, Preacher Blackburn, what do you think about that uh, answer to that question? I said, the answer didn't have a thing to do with the question. <laughs> I hate to tell that man that, right, sitting right behind him there, but it didn't have a thing. And that man stood up and he said, he's exactly right. It didn't mean a thing. It didn't have a thing to do with the question. That man loved me all on that trip. He'd come to Flint Hill Church building that new church, and he'd bring me a $100 check every time he'd come. And I'd say, Brother, why don't you just come more often, amen? <laughs> but to worship means a lot, don't it? To worship God. Yeah. Amen. I remember a time when they'd sing more songs, I feel like traveling on. And them old sisters, I'll tell you, would rise to their feet, and they'd shout up and down the aisle. The Spirit of God moved on their heart. And I tell you, their soul magnified them, and their spirit rejoiced in God their Savior. And I praise His name for all the times, I tell you, that God's let me worship and God helped me to never go a day without worshiping Him. Let us stand now at this time. Brother, get a song for imitation. Well, I've not went too long, have I? Hello friends, this is Brian Pondexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. 
We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service. And every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eating and meat service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16 it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. And I say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, 
If you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.